welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Today American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 163. Order, a significant order from Pan Global could redeem Salim's journey, could make the difference between failure and success. So Salim sits on an uncomfortable wooden chair in an outer office, his sample case balanced on his lap, staring at the middle-aged woman with her hair dyed too bright a red, who sits behind the desk, blowing her nose on Kleenex after Kleenex. After she blows her nose, she wipes it and drops the Kleenex into the trash. Selim got there at 10.30 a.m., half an hour before his appointment. Now he sits there, flushed and shivering, wondering if he is running a fever. The time ticks by so slowly. Selim looks at his watch. Then he clears his throat. The woman behind the desk glares at him. Yes, she says. It sounds like, yed. It is 11.35, says Selim. The woman glances at the clock on the wall and says, yed, again. It did. My appointment was for 11, says Selim with a placating smile. Mr. Blanding knows you're here, she tells him reprovingly. Bidter Blading doge you're here. Selim picks up an old copy of the New York Post from the table. He speaks English better than he reads it, and he puzzles his way through the stories like a man doing a crossword puzzle. He waits, a plump young man with eyes of a hurt puppy, glancing from his watch to the newspaper to the clock on the wall. At 12.30, several men come out from the inner office. They talk loudly, jabbering away to each other in American. One of them, a big paunchy man, has a cigar unlit in his mouth. He glances at Salim as he comes out. He tells the woman behind the desk to try the juice of a lemon and zinc, as his sister swears by zinc and vitamin C. She promises him that she will, and gives him several envelopes. He pockets them, and then he and the other men go out into the hall. The sound of their laughter disappears down the stairwell. It is one o'clock. The woman behind the desk opens a drawer and takes out a brown paper bag from which she removes several sandwiches, an apple, and a Milky Way. She also takes out a small plastic bottle of freshly squeezed orange juice. And that's our page. This page is pretty straightforward overall, really. But what it does is give us a pretty good idea of Salim's character. He seems like he's been guilted into keeping this appointment because of the facts from his brother-in-law. But at the same time, I don't know how we... I don't know if we have a good idea right now about the job he's doing. I can't imagine he likes it. On the previous page, it was notated that Foud scares him a bit, and also that Foud seems to feel obligated to employ him because Salim is his brother-in-law, but we haven't really had a good look at how Salim feels about it. We will, though, in just a minute. Well, not a minute your time, a minute my time, I guess. Wait, this is all the same time. Shit. Anyway, Salim gets there at 10.30, and then the receptionist brings out her lunch at 1. So at this point, he's been there for a good two and a half hours, despite his appointment being at 11. And the pr- person he was presumably waiting for left around 12.30. Salim is definitely trying very hard to do well for his brother-in-law's business. While he waits, though, Salim picks up a copy of the New York Post. It's a tabloid newspaper with a circulation of about a quarter of a million. The current top headline I saw when I was searching was... Woman tossed pea-soaked panties at cop during husband's DWI arrest. Officials. This this is the level of discourse we're going to be dealing with if we're going to be talking about this rag at all. However, the paper was first published in 1801 and was founded by none other than Alexander Hamilton. It was then called the New York Evening Post. Sometime in uh, 1976, it was bought by Australian media magnate and all-around asshole Rupert Murdoch, and that's when the really shitty headlines started pouring in. The most infamous was from 18... Wow. Was from April 15th, 1983, and it was 
headless body and topless bar about a month before I was born. I think it's humorous, at least personally to myself, that Celine believes the group of men who leave the inner office to be speaking American instead of English. I don't know if this is a Neil joke or if this is more how the world sees how Americans speak. I would say that there is pretty distinctly a difference between American English and British English, just as there is between Latin American Spanish and Spain Spanish. Either way, it it makes me laugh every time I read it. Taking zinc for colds is one of those things that I've heard often over the years, but there doesn't seem to be a consensus that it actually helps. The Mayo Clinic notes that it may help if you've got a rhinovirus version of the common cold, but also notes that large amounts of zinc, like most metals, can be highly toxic if you ingest them. Uh, if Especially if you take it as a nasal spray, it can then lead to a loss of smell, often permanent in that case. Finally, the bottom of the page, the woman's lunch looks a lot like my typical lunch. Peanut butter sandwich or maybe two, piece of fruit, a small sweet, though not usually a full-size candy bar. Sometimes you just got to do it. The Milky Way bar was introduced in 1923 by Mars and was nougat topped with caramel and then covered in milk chocolate. Apparently it gets its name from a famous milkshake in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which of course then got its name from, you know, the galaxy, our planet's floating in. Actually, it's probably not floating. Scientists, don't check me on that. As of 1926, Mars was producing the standard milk chocolate bar as well as the dark chocolate bar, which is now known as the Milky Way Midnight or the Midnight Milky Way, which has vanilla nougat and was then known as Forever Yours. Sales of this bar were discontinued in 1979, but some genius brought it back and thank you. I've got at least one clogged artery to thank for the Milky Way Midnight Bar. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.